No, no. I'm gonna trade you two sheep for that wood Tell me honey, does that sound good? Cause all I really wanna do Is take away longest road from you, yeah Welcome to these tabletop sessions Welcome to the, welcome to the, welcome to these tabletop sessions Hello, fellow gregarious geeks and gamers. Wait, 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 wait. After 15 episodes, can I ask what gregarious means? <laughs> <laughs> you told me you were going to do that, but I was still really surprised when you said, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> It happened like 10 seconds after we said we were ready. <laughs> gregarious means someone who's very sociable. Mm-hmm. Um, people, because, you know, we're a gaming group, right? And we talk about incidents that occur during our gaming group sessions. So gregarious geeks and gamers. But not all gamers are uh, sociable, right? No, and this is not a podcast for solo gamers if you're a solo (laughs) (laughs) Why not? I'm kidding. Um, I mean, one of the best, this is weird for an introduction, one of the best, uh, the largest communities on Board Game Geek is the Solo Gamer Guild, the One Player Guild. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, because I want to play alone together, but don't come near me, right? And remember that they even made a tournament and really yeah, remember they gathered all together to play all together solo games <laughs> <laughs> all right let's redo this we're back in the way back machine hello fellow gregarious geeks and gamers welcome to the 15th episode of the tabletop sessions podcast where we talk about all things tabletop related that have been occupying the hearts and minds of this international group of gregarious gamers over the course of the last three weeks my name is Elias, and with me this week is one person who's leaving me soon, one person who I'm going to visit soon, and one person who's always there, even <laughs> when I'm sleeping. Hi, guys. I'm Dima, and I'm sure you can guess which one of those three I am. Huda Afont! To our <laughs> uh, hello to our friends in Netherlands. And I'm Byron. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick it off with as Elias introduced, one person leaving soon. And that person is Ippo. So he's, he's not leaving the podcast, everyone. Oh. He's yeah. leaving Qatar. Yeah. Oh. Okay. He, his, his stand ran out of Sivlaki, and there's no more <laughs> coming. So we better just make do. You can't get good Greek yogurt I, here anymore. And I missed pork. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Let's be true. honest. <laughs> Sorry, did you say pork or porn? <laughs> <laughs> Both are missing from from this country. And Lena, if you're listening, he was serious. <laughs> anyway, guys, so, it's sad that uh, we're moving away and we're gonna miss this uh, uh, international group of gamers. So yeah, from from now on, it's gonna be just Greeks. <laughs> <laughs> Your dream come true. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Actually, Dima and I are moving as well. Uh, so in a couple months, we'll be moving to Canada, to Toronto. Woo-hoo. So this Woo-hoo. podcast is going to be coming from three countries instead of yeah. two. And none of them are going to be Qatar, where three of us are recording from right now. <laughs> and three continents. Three continents, that's right. We got the Americas, we got Europe, and we got Africa. Um, but got all the good ones. The recording's still happening. 
Like, there's nothing's going to stop that from happening. I'm actually very excited. It's going to be like catch up time. This is going to emphasize. Em- <laughs> empathize or emphasize? <laughs> emphasize. Gregarious? Sorry, I just woke up from my nap. <laughs> this is going to emphasize, <laughs> emphasize <is> the-, <laughs> the international aspect of our group. Yeah, want- definitely. And actually, now when Ipo shows up for. Recording, I'm like, oh, when Barn shows up, I'm like, yes, and I'll be happy for both of them. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of saying, Ipo, I've seen you four times this week. It'll be like, I missed you, buddy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't emphasize that enough. (laughs) (laughs) So, Ipo, why don't you tell us a bit about your first experience with this tabletop group? The first experience with this tabletop group? Okay, the first experience was... uh, in a park, uh, it was night. There were no lights. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what I remember. Damn. <laughs> and and a friend of mine in this. No, we can't talk about that on the park. In this dark park, is introducing me to like ten different people that I couldn't see at that time. <laughs> and uh, we're just sitting on the grass, and there is one strange guy that uh, suggests that we should play werewolves. I think. Yes. Yeah. On the ground. I was thinking, okay, yeah. I like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and that guy was Elias. No, like no, Ar- it, was- Ar- it was it was me. Ariane showed up and goes, This is my friend Ipo. Um he, he likes board games. That that was the introduction to me. And he goes, Hi, my name is Ipocrasis Nostopulus. And I go, Oh, you're Greek? And he goes, Yes, how did you know? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, this guy is definitely joining the group. <laughs> <laughs> the problem was he never recognized us again because he couldn't see us that night. <laughs> but seriously, what, seriously, what impressed me that night is that Elias had an app for Werewolf. He says, okay, let's play. And he says, I have the app. <laughs> and the app, remember? The and app? I brought a speaker. I brought a Bluetooth yes! speaker. <laughs> oh yes, yes, true. It was very impressive for the first time. <laughs> And I've been letting you down ever since. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you couldn't reach the same heights. Yeah, that was it. And after that, it was uh, five uh, very nice years. Wow, it's been that long? They were okay. Yeah, both <laughs> Five average both, years. Both professionally, I mean as a podcaster, and in my work. <laughs> I remember uh, the first time I met you guys, I, I played some... Some dice game, Kingsburg, King Kingsburg, it's Kingsburg. It was Kingsburg. It was me, yeah. you, Jason, and Jet. Oh man, that was so much fun. Yeah, it was. Also, I didn't know who the fuck you were because I didn't invite you. <laughs> no, exactly. I, was, I just sort of was a stranger. <laughs> I, I met Jason at the convention IGN Con, and um, I wanted to buy something off of him. So he said, I said, bring it over on Tuesday. We have game nights. Join us for a game. And Jason walks in, and behind Jason is another South African dude. And I'm like, well, he's here. So he comes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ipo, I see that you guys played Cerebria. How was that experience? Okay, yes, we just played our first game of uh, Cerebria. Uh, Cerebria, for the people that they don't know, it's a beautiful board made by the same guys that did uh, Trichirion and uh, Anachrony, mm. the mind class mm. games. 
So these guys are Richard Aman and uh, Victor Peter. Uh, they had other folks with them like uh, Istvan Poxi, Friz Sobel, Nixo, David Turci. I only know David Turci from uh, Kitchen Rush. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is uh, Cerebria is a two versus two player area control game where uh, each player owns a small board and has a uh, small board in front of him uh, with different actions. And these actions can be unlocked during the game. Mm. Each player also has a deck of cards and this deck of cards are actually used on the board, on the main board as meeples in other area control games. So where you're placing the, uh, the cards, whoever has the most cards in certain areas of the game has the majority. Mm. But these cards also gives you certain abilities, whatever it says on the card. And your personal, each player has his personal deck and this personal deck is, uh, can be customized okay. from in the start of the game. So, all these, I think this, the last thing, the customizable deck is uh, the innovative part of the game. And all these work together, I think, very smoothly. And the game is really great. I love the two versus two part. But I have some comments. Uh, I like the art, but uh, uh, the graphic design uh makes the game hard i mean the mm. deck of cards okay the cards themselves look like the board so when you place them on the board you, you cannot really see them. the difference mm. it's kind of hard the rule book is very hard to teach i mean they are using terminology like aspirations emotions spirits instead of objectives factions and abilities things Oof. that everybody knows that's mm, tough. Yeah. yeah. So it's hard to learn. But at the same time, I love two versus two uh, games and we had a lot of fun. Of course, it was just one play. We need to play it again. One thing that I remember from that game is that like after 10 minutes, uh, me and Ricardo were ahead like seven to one victory point. Oh, wow. So, wow. <laughs> and the game is like playing in nine points. I don't, I'm just saying random numbers, mm-hmm. but that, that was the feeling. But in the end, we won like nine to eight. Oh, oh. wow. So they that means out. that, yeah, maybe we did something that gave us a, a good start, but uh, it affected later the um, ability mm-hmm. to score more points. Why, why is it called Cerebria? What, what's the story of the game? Yes, good question. The, the story of the game is that one uh, couple is playing the bliss against the gloom in everybody's soul. Oh, it's, it's inside out. In everybody's inside out the game. Exactly. Okay. In so, everybody's mind. <laughs> yeah. Not soul, mind. I should, I in your say. mind. Yeah. yeah. Cerebral okay. brain. So basically, yeah. you, when you're playing characters, your characters are certain emotions. So um, two people play positive emotions, two people play negative yeah, emotions. Yeah, just like inside out. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like inside out. If inside okay. out was incredibly complicated. <laughs> yes. Yes. Actually, okay, this game awesome. could have been like an inside-out uh, game mm. if they just had the rights to use the Disney. This is a game I need to try. Um, I'm a big fan of 2 versus 2. Like, one of the reasons... I don't play War of the Ring one-on-one. I have with Byron. It was fine. It's way better 2-on-2. Two two. Um, yeah. Rebellion, I prefer 2 versus 2. 
Um, basically, any game that can be played two versus two or teams, I always pick that because we don't mind that you don't have control of everything. We like the fact that you have to collaborate. And it's nice when you can high five whilst at the same time making other people miserable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good combination. Exactly. Um, and I adore Tricarian. And I really like Anachrony. I haven't played Anachrony enough. I think I've played it twice. I need to play it more. But I really like it. I put your in a bunch at least seven or eight times. And mm -hmm. I really love that game. Um, so both those games, terrific. This is a great pedigree. It's an absolutely beautiful thing. And I'm sure I'm going to end up owning it at some point. But <laughs> I think I just need someone to come teach that game to me. Because it just looked overwhelming <laughs> yeah. to learn, man. Like, don't, uh, don't look to me. <laughs> The problem with Cerebria is, uh, as I said before, it's hard to teach. So uh, now I don't remember the rules anymore. Oh, so wow. I need to, re to read again. I mean, and you just played a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So if uh, I play the game, then uh, the next day or the same week, I would, I would like to play it again and uh, uh, go deep. Because I feel that uh, this deck of cards gives a lot of depth in the game. Mm makes uh, things very Could you explain a little bit more about the um, custom building of the deck? Um, does that happen during the game or before the game? Before the game, in the advanced game. And how many options do you have? Like, the next time you oh, play, good. would it be a completely different deck, basically? Good question. Uh, I don't really remember. I think it's like... Uh, I don't need anything exact here. <laughs> I... I think it's like you need to pick 12 out of 24 cards, something okay, like that. Okay, so you're using like, like half the cards. Yes. That's a lot of different like options you can pick. Yes, and uh, mm -hmm. remember that each player has a different deck. Did you have a lot of options on your faction or only two? The options? first time we played the game, of course, we everybody played with the same deck. Okay. All right. Okay, but the Bliss team and the Gloom team, they have different decks. And each of the partners could have a different Mm. Uh, version of the deck. So there's tons of replayability exactly. and variability. So exactly, yeah. Well, it's something I definitely want to try. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, guys. Try this. This was Cerebria from Mind Class Games. Well, speaking of brains, <laughs> I've played, uh, I've been playing a game, uh, a brain scratcher lately. I've been really? playing. Brain scratcher. Uh, <laughs> I've been playing King Domino and then you can decide for yourselves <laughs> how you Bruno feel Cathala. about it um, it's by Blue Orange Games designer Bruno Cathala artist Cyril Bouquet basically you're playing dominoes but by yourself <laughs> you're, you're building a 5x5 five five grid or if you're two players you're building a 7x7 seven seven grid and the dominoes are actually um, different terrains instead of numbers. So you have like desert, plains, forest, sea, and you connect the similar edges together. And um, in the beginning of the game, you have a castle in the middle. Just each person has a castle. And then you connect your dominoes from there out. Um, the dominoes, actually, each terrain, some of the tiles have crowns on them, and that's how you score points. So once all the dominoes have been drawn and played, you multiply the number of connected tiles that are the same with the number of crowns drawn on that terrain type. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you have three crowns, 
on five connecting deserts, then you'll get 15 points on deserts. And I'm not sure if that's clear, but... Yeah, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. So I am addicted to the game. Um, <laughs> I start a new game as soon as I finish the, like, the old one on BGA. Elias even bought it after getting addicted on BGA. So we've played it over five times in the last few days. I think Elias played it with Epo like 50 times and then <laughs> ordered it. Yes, two player is very nice and four player is very nice. Sure. So it's usually a pretty fast play. Um, usually, it's a very fast play. Except <laughs> if you're me and Epo. We spent like 40 minutes playing no, our we? last game. Yeah. Really? We started at... 4.40 and at 5.20 I left Totally worth it. I won it by one point. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I did. Every freaking time. So, um, it's a fast play and it's actually pretty interactive. Even though you're building your own board, you actually, the dominoes are displayed four at a time and you select which dominoes you want. And the fun part is that you can screw another person over by taking a tile that they might need the only problem is if it doesn't fit your grid, then... That's what I was going to say. You, you described the game completely in the grid building phase. I find the grid building to be pretty obvious. Like, this is where this is going to fit. For me, the game is in the tile selection. Mm -hmm. So every turn, you're drawing four tiles out, um, which are the next set of four tiles. And you're putting them in order from lowest number to highest number. Usually the later numbers tend to be the ones with more crowns on it. And the earlier ones tend to be more simple things like forests and deserts. Correct. But you might go for the later one because you really need the crowns. But then in the next turn, if you're the last one on the next turn, you're not going to have a choice of the next four. Whatever is left, that's what you're taking. Yeah. So putting somebody in a position where they don't have a choice and they must take whatever you give them is the game. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, the game is, yes, I look at all the options and sometimes I see... Well, if I grab that one, I'll end up getting five points more in total than if I get this one. But I'd rather get this one. Because if I take this one, one, one thing, I stop Dima from getting points. And also, I force Dima to be the last to pick next turn. And she's just going to get whatever we leave for her. So that's where I see the game is. Mm -hmm. uh, with regard to actually building the grid, it's just I, I look at it and there's usually one or two places. And there's one better place. Okay, yeah, that's why me and Ipo took forever because <laughs> there, there was never just one place we could put the okay, tile I want, in. Okay, I want to say something. Right now, uh, King, Domino, King Domino and Hanabi are the two games that are contesting with each other to, for my interest in board game arena and we're playing them with uh, my wife. Uh, so I have played the game uh, five or more times before seeing the actual game, before you bought it. Yes. And uh, when I saw it, the quality is so great. I mean, mm. the tiles are thick and Super the colors thick. are really vivid. And I loved the, the components. Mm. So when we first played it, I was uh, enjoying the experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he really was. Smelling the tiles. I don't want to be weird. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a person so impressed with cardboard pieces. No, they're amazing. Though. They're super thick. Look. The game They're is really awesome. good quality. I don't, this is my justification. I never played the game. I like Bruno Cathala. I think he's a good designer, but I just don't get along with his games. Like, I've traded every game of his I've owned, and I've owned a lot Shadows over Camelot, Mission Red Planet, Iskanagawa, 
There's um, Seven Citadel Wonders. Is a good game. Citadel, Seven Wonders, Seven Wonders yeah, Duel. Literally, I like every game I play of his. Jamaica, I like it, and then I trade it because I usually don't get much satisfaction out of it. It's rare that I want to play his games more and more. So board, when we played this in Board Game Arena, we played it like four times back to back. I just had to order it. I had to have a physical copy of the game. <laughs> and I think it's my favorite Bruno Cathala game that I've played so far. And it's weird because I've always just put it off because it looks so simplistic. But that's the beauty. You can play it in 15 minutes. And there's so much there. There's so much satisfaction in getting a 5x5 five five grid with your castle in the middle, you know, and um, building it and, and beating everybody, which is usually my experience. But <laughs> but um, other than being a savant at the game, even if I wasn't amazing at it, I think I would just I just really enjoy the building aspect. I enjoy the simple um, strategic understanding of what is more valuable in terms of pure points and what is more valuable in terms of what my opponent is going to get in points. And um, I think it's a really good game. And I think that really comes out in the seven by seven. The uh, great duel. We should yeah. ask Byron to join us. I am 100% excited to try this game. <laughs> I'll send you the rules. You can read it in like 30 seconds and then we can start playing on board game. Right? <laughs> I, I'm pretty I'm sure in. he Actually, got it. Actually, just fuck this podcast. Let's, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's I just, just have to listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, just one question. Uh, Dima says it's basically domino, but by yourself. <laughs> what what do you mean? Because usually in dominoes, you're connecting the middle. Like there's... Oh, with other you're, players. Yeah, you're all okay. contributing to one board. Like <laughs> I one think that was out. the point. Like King Domino, Kingdom I guess, Domino. Yeah. Did you guys get I that? Just, <laughs> I just got it. Yeah. <laughs> Fancy wordplay. <laughs> I guess it just wanted to emphasize. Also, and a domino <laughs> is like two things connected to each other. Uh-huh. So like that's a domino. A polyomino is more than two things. Right. So like a tetromino is four things. That's oh. why the game Tetris Every single piece is made up of four squares. I feel like we're in English class. No, right? no, 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 no. <laughs> like we're learning do, do so realize, much. Like in Tetris, every single piece is made up of exactly four squares, it, no matter I, the shape. No, I. He's right. It is a Gregarious game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. And that was King Domino. <laughs> Not Polyomino. <laughs> well, I also got to play a game with both Ipo and Lena. Uh, Dima. Ugh. <laughs> called my wife by the wrong name <laughs> called her by Ipo's wife's yeah. name <laughs> but and, it's, my, and it's been recorded <laughs> my, with both Ipo and Dima we also played it with a couple more friends Ricardo and Hamad um, and it's a game I've been dying to get my hands on it's a game I was super jealous that Ipo got in the Essen math trade last year um and that is John Company, Aww. published by Sierra Madre Games and designed by Cole Worley. There are like hearts coming out of Ipo's ears right now. <laughs> Cole Worley did both the art and the design of the game. And he's a pretty fantastic designer. We're big fans of Pax Premier. That's still my favorite Cole Worley game. I know Ipo's favorite is John Company, I think. And we both think quite positively of Root. Um, and that's all I've played. And I'm dying to try um the uh, infamous traffic, which is the yeah, one I the infamous, have my eye yeah, yeah. Um, So the basic idea of this game, first of all, maybe my favorite theme of any game ever, but I'm a weirdo, so it's not going to be <laughs> fantasy or sci-fi. But this is, I think, definitely my favorite 
theme. May I say that the listeners right now, uh, I mean, their imagination is flying <laughs> and they are not expecting what you're going to say. <laughs> it's a game about the East India Trading Company. Oh, <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> I find the East India Trading Company fascinating because not they were not just a company. They were a colonizing force of India and the British Empire exerted its colonization of India through a company. And all the members who were part of that company were part of that company for life. It was, your whole life was part of it. Your families were part of the company. And I don't think this is positive in any shape. I think it's one of the most nefarious, horrible things done in history. The colonization of a gigantic peoples and landmass through a, 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 a body that is essentially just there to eke profit out of you. I think the level of evil there is what makes me so fascinated. Anyway, so I love the company. And the, and the, and the idea of this is you're running the company, right? You're all families that have high positions in the British East India Company. And the game is seeded in the beginning where different people have different positions. And as time goes on, people retire from positions. And based on where you are in the rankings, you will then promote people from other positions, meaning there's a lot of interaction because these other people you're promoting belong to the families of the other players. Uh, what you're physically doing is you're creating ammunition, boats, resources, and you're going out and expanding your influence into the different, what they call presidencies, which are different regions of India. And you're either dominating them or trading with them. And you're spending all that interaction to make profit for the company. But that's not the point of the game. The point of the game is... <laughs> your family needs to be in a good position. So the point of the game is while when every one of your family member retires, mm -hmm. which by the way, is not up to them. <laughs> so there is a dice roll as to when they retire. Um, when the, As they retire, you can basically then score that cube. So that cube, which is your family member, when he then retires, you can now basically score them by sending them to a certain place of retirement. And you have to pay money to get that. But there's different levels of prestige. Some give you straight up tons of points. Some gives you powers. And they're different in every game that you play. And some are just straight up, uh, I put you on an estate. That's six points for me. So right. there's a social message. I mean, plan for your retirement. That's the <laughs> yes, of uh, the game. Plan for your retirement at the expense of brown people. That's the... Uh... <laughs> and fuck the other families. <laughs> so let me talk to you about... There's a lot more to the game, obviously. And I can't go through everything. It took an hour and a half to explain. I'm going to go through the positives and my one negative. Um, one, it's incredibly highly interactive. It's insanely interactive. Mm -hmm. I, you have to just, everything is a discussion. Everything is a discussion in the game. And that's another thing. There's constant negotiation. This could be a negative for a lot of people. And I think if you're one of those people that don't like negotiation, just don't play this game. Don't try it. There's no point. It's going to suck. Because if you don't play with negotiation, you're going to hate it. And yeah. if you hate negotiation, you're going to hate it. Yeah. So if you don't like negotiation, move on. Go on. You can <laughs> skip about a minute <laughs> or two minutes. All right? But I like the <laughs> negotiation. It's really nice. I enjoyed it. I love the structure of the company. Uh, I love the way the board is so easy to follow and uh, the structure of the company. And you see, like, basically, yes, this place doesn't give you any points now if you put people in there, but they're future people that become larger in the company. And those people become junior people and those people become executives. And you can see the growth of people in the company. And my favorite thing in the game, 
is the budget allocation. <laughs> so when the president is trying to <laughs> allocate the budget, everyone's arguing that their area needs the most resources. <laughs> and this is how the company will do best. And you're genuinely arguing about how yeah, to do best for the company. Really but the, the guy might not give a shit about making your company better. Maybe they just want to get paid off. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Maybe they just want to retire some people. And I love that budget uh, allocation so much that I feel like the game would almost be better as a co-op because I love just running the company. That was my favorite bit of the game, but it probably wouldn't be better. But That's a great idea, though. I mean, We, we could probably just yeah. try playing it like that because yeah. our company fell apart. <laughs> yeah. We went broke. We went broke. <laughs> Now, there's only one negative for me. I love this theme. I love the gameplay. I love the negotiation. I love Colverly. There is too much luck for me. Um, my favorite game is Virgin Queen, and that game has a ton of dice rolls in it. But there is a cardinal difference between games like Virgin Queen and games like John Company. And I need to explain this. Basically, in Virgin Queen, or in mo the games that I like that have dice rolling, you will roll a die and then determine what to do with that die. So, for example, in Virgin Queen, if, there's, uh, if you're doing conversions as a Protestant, you roll the dice, you see, okay, I have two major conversions and four minor conversions, and then you decide how to apply those to the map. In this game, you say... I'm going to go trade at the Punjab region. Roll the dice. Shit, didn't work. Nothing you can do about it. Okay? Don't worry, people. You'll have a chance to rebut. No, no. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, another major issue in the luck department is the cards. So every turn you flip over a card. And they can be completely devastating. I mean, one card doubled the cost of maintaining military units, essentially bankrupting our company. Yeah, that was One bad. card just said, everyone in senior <laughs> positions retired boom done <laughs> taking away which by the way that was already a luck aspect which you have to roll a die for everyone in a senior position to see if they retire but this one just said you don't even do that everyone's gone and me and ipo at that point in the game were had all the senior positions and the others had the junior positions so by literally eliminating all the senior positions we were essentially out of the game for the last round mm -hmm. because the junior positions took over and they just promoted themselves so Um, that's the situation we ended up having because we didn't even have junior people to promote. So um, that's my problem with the game. The event cards are too swingy. I find the dice rolls highly random, especially successful sending of expeditions, expansions of the presidencies, and so on. I know that thematically the designer is trying to say, I had this conversation on Instagram with Ipo and with one of our listeners. Um, I know that thematically He's trying to simulate how hard things were and how luck-dependent some of these expeditions were. But I'm not doing a simulation here. I don't care how much Rado calls them simulations. They're board games, okay? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, I totally agree with what, with what you said so far, that the luck is really... Uh, how can I say? It's, it's too much in this game, even for me. Yeah. And... Uh, But I still love this game, maybe because I like history and I understand from a historical point of view that uh, the designer was trying to balance between simulating the historical background of the era and uh, actually he, he didn't try to balance. He just went <laughs> he for just the history. Yeah, let's yeah. do the simulation. <laughs> uh, I listened to an interview uh, lately from Martin Wallace and Martin Wallace said that Yeah, you should. We should try to simulate something when we're designing a game, but 
in our mind, it should always be that, first of all, we should make a great game. So in this case, I think the designer, he was uh, uh, in favor of simulating the historical background more than making the great game that would have been if the luck was less. At least as I and you see this thing. Um, the thing is, like, I don't really like negotiation games. Mm. And what I liked about this negotiation game is how much it simulated reality and how much I felt that I was actually in a company instead of just being random factions convincing each other to invest in each other or investing in each other's armies. I felt like, especially when I was the chairman and I had to decide where to put the money, it was amazing to feel that we're all working in the same company and yet different departments need different things. Yeah, and they're trying to justify it and you're really trying to... like you don't really want to leave anyone left out because you don't want the company to fail. But at the same time, you you want to make decisions that will ultimately benefit you more than everybody else. And it just, it, the decisions Sometimes you were do amazing. want the company to fail though. Yeah, but. And, and I agree with everything you said, which is why I said the actual running of the company is incredible. Yeah, it's but really it's, incredible. When I say the luck, I don't mean I'm not. I'm not saying sacrifice the company, but I'm just saying sacrifice. Maybe make the dice rolling a little less random. That's it. Yeah. So, in, in but can't you prep for that? Like when you were sailing out, we could have. There's yes, but I would need basically the entire company's budget, right? Yeah. So it, ta- like it costs a ton to get more dice. And- <laughs> so usually you're going to roll three to four dice based on the budget you can get, and your chances, like even Ricardo prepped by going twice with four dice and he failed twice with yeah. four dice even though there was supposed to be like a 65% chance or something. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to run too long because I could talk about this game for hours. Let me yeah, just say what I think in conclusion. <laughs> this game had a lot of luck and it turned me off during the gameplay. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards all I could think about is playing it again. Yeah. So I would recommend this game to anybody who likes negotiation I would just tell you, don't be like me. Be more prepared for the luck aspect. Because I think if mentally I went in knowing sometimes shit's just not going to work out, <laughs> I think I would have enjoyed it more. Yeah. So, and that's to say I didn't have a phenomenal time, by the way. I had a great time with you guys. I just felt helpless in the end. Like in the last round, I basically couldn't do anything because a card came out that just retired everyone I had. You know. So I think it's a very good game. I think there are aspects of it that are not for me, but they would not push me away from playing this game. And I love how many different ways we could have played the game. Like afterwards, when we were talking about it, we didn't really use promise tokens this time where you... Oh, we some... did. You didn't. But what, but <laughs> I spent the whole reading, game chasing back my promise tokens. Like some token. people literally <laughs> give away half their tokens as promise tokens. And and... I would like to clarify what... When we're talking about negotiation in this game, it's not like diplomacy where you're threatening other people and you say, okay, yeah. if you don't do this, maybe I will fuck yeah. you or something. It's like going to your boss and asking for uh, <laughs> more money for your department Correct. because this money will bring more money back to the company and you're trying to convince this guy. Uh, I mean, it's so modern, this uh, <laughs> That's very true. View. So, guys, highly recommended. Just know that there's luck there. John Company, Sierra Madre Games, and Cole Worley. 
So, if binary was a battle between ones and zeros, Stonemaier is in a battle between ones and tens. <laughs> this is so stupid. This is so stupid. Oh. Currently, Stonemaier at the moment have a game on pre-order called Tapestry, which is a civ building game. It looks beautiful. It's by Stonemaier. It's probably going to be great. However, many, many people feel the opposite. <laughs> On Board Game Geek, there's an entire thread of people battling between voting for this game as a 1 or a 10 for a game they've never played. <laughs> Board gamers, I am disappointed. <laughs> they started it first. And it's, it's become a he said, she said situation where if they're voting 10, I'm going to vote 1 to Guys. counterbalance him. If they're voting 1, I'm going to vote 10. It makes no sense. I have to admit, I'm very entertained by this. Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> it was so so good to read. Yeah, but it's just it's like it's like the gossip of the board game world. Look, this happened before with Hate, the Simon game. It came out and the trailer was really R-rated, and there was a lot of unnecessary swearing. And actually, I thought it was kind of stupid the way the swearing was in it. Like. They were trying to be edgy and it just kind of sounded stupid. Um, as you all know, I'm a big fan of fucking swearing. But in that game, the anyway, whatever. The point is, everybody took an opinion on the game before it was released. And people were going out giving it ones. And then the reaction was, no, you can't give it ones. So I'm going to give it a 10 to counterbalance your one. Which makes no Tapestry sense. Tapestry is the exact opposite. <laughs> Stonemaier Games is a hype machine. We all remember what happened with Psy. We saw the cover art and said, this is going to be the greatest game of all time. And then people went and gave it tens, right? Mm -hmm. And this is the same thing that's happening with Tapestry. And now people are giving it ones. I, I, I saw the Rado <laughs> run-through of Tapestry, and I'm probably going to buy this game. It looks great. I'm definitely not going to go rate it on Board Game Geek because I watched Rado play it. Like, I know Rado talks a lot about what's going on in his head, but no amount of... Jen did this and Jen, oh, but Jen sees it. It doesn't matter, all right? It doesn't matter. I cannot rate this game. I mean, look at this guy. This guy gave it a three and said he's not a fan of Stonemeyer marketing practices. <laughs> what the fuck does that have to do with the game? One person commented he voting 3.14 for Pi. <laughs> <laughs> I know that this uh, rating this thing is so childish, but I just want to uh, throw some numbers here. There are 220 ratings so far. <laughs> 94 people rated the game as a 10. 78 rated the game as a zero. As a, sorry, as a one. Okay. So the score is 94, 78 uh, for tens. They're winning. So <laughs> one guy, please go there. <laughs> so Balance it out, guys. Yeah, and the um, average rating right now is 6.3. Guys, the ones, the ones you're, you're not losing. serious. You're not serious. <laughs> one, guy, one guy writes the one writes embargo this. <laughs> For me, the thing that gets to me is like if I if I didn't know what tapestry was and I went on to BGG and I wanted to see, hey, what is this game any good? Oh, it's still on pre order. Oh, but it's got so many tens and ones. No, you, you wouldn't even see game? that. You would just see that it's a six point five. And you'd say, That's not a very good rating. I mean, Stone Mario usually has better ratings than that. And then you wouldn't buy it because these fucking idiots are going on the rating game they haven't played. 
This person is, might be my favorite. Rated it a one and wrote, calm your tits. <laughs> <laughs> no, this guy's like, I love these 110 words so much. And I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I love them too, <laughs> This yeah. is so funny. I love it. One person wrote, voted a five and said, centering this thing as people should not vote until it is released. <laughs> That is a Zen master. <laughs> This is so good. I, I love people. Can I just say that? One person They're said, just... tap this one. <laughs> <laughs> But the people that are seriously getting upset, just like they crack me up. Like, I'm voting one because you voted a 10. No, I'm going to vote a 10 because <laughs> you guys are hypocrites. You say don't vote and then you vote anyway. <laughs> the people that are taking this seriously are just, Guys, no, calm much, down. Guys. My, Play my the favorite game. 10 comment yeah. is I played this game. I used telepathy with Jamie and it beats Wingspan and Terraforming Mars by 1,000 times. <laughs> Alexander Fister is crying because he wished he could design, design a game like this. Too bad for him. Jamie's such a boss. Everyone else should just quit designing games because there's nothing left to design <laughs> or play for that matter. Guys, stop rating it 10. Stop rating it 1. Yeah. Just relax. Just chill It's out. Okay. Relax and wait for our podcast. And <laughs> and if you're going to rate it a 10 or a 1, at least have a funny comment. Like yeah. that. <laughs> like, don't take it that seriously. It doesn't reflect like the well ones that on go, you. I'm doing this in direct retaliation to the last player who voted a 1. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, fuck. <laughs> I could introduce you to a world of things. Have you ever been to a strip club? <laughs> so it's just like, You're demeaning yourself with it. So if you're going to do it, just be funny. Make us laugh. And we'll forgive you for being a fucking crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> so that was tapestry. Was <laughs> <laughs> An average game from Stonemaier Games. The next game on my list of craziness. The game of craziness that comes up next is called The Mind Extreme edition. I'm so excited! Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's basically two decks of the mind put together, one in ascending order, one in descending order. Wow. If you thought the mind was easy, this is for you. <laughs> Who thought the mind I was easy? I don't know. I don't know. That's crazy. We, we've talk. won it like twice. That's <laughs> But um I love that, you know, it's it's 50 cards in each one or one going up, one going down, as Barn said. But also Some of the modes you can play, I think at some point it becomes blind. Yeah. Which means you're playing it with the cards face down. And then after doing everything, you're flipping <laughs> to see if you made it. That's just, that's not that's extreme. Insane. That's insane. That's like, that's, that's, that's. That's weird. That, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> and I, I, I that's already. That's 10 crazy. That's I Vin Diesel on Triple X Extreme. <laughs> I already see the third version of the mind really extreme where you're gonna uh, you know ride a monocycle and at the same time playing the cards or i don't know balancing on uh, uh people thinks he's cool because he says he doesn't like the mind but i know for a fact that he loves the mind because we played it so many times and then he bought it so <laughs> yeah i bought it to to play it with my seven years old daughter <laughs> Exactly, and <laughs> I bought like it a bit to of an, not play it with a seven-year-old, and we both have yeah, fun. So the game has so a certain it's audience. It's a phenomenal game, Ipo. <laughs> and you know it is. Get out of here. Phenomenal. The point is, the mind extreme, legit, 
it's all about what's happening right now. We had a lot of fun. That's true. <laughs> you don't have. It doesn't have to be the best gameplay ever. But if you have fun, what more do you want? If you have a problem, go rate it a one on BGG. No, it's <laughs> At least you would have played it. And if you do, I'll rate it a ten. <laughs> <laughs> to balance you out. Oh, great. Well, that's amazing. Hippocrates is an hypocrite. <laughs> oh, well, that was very entertaining. Thank you, guys. And Byron, thank you for the great news items. Guys, I'm sorry to bring this to an end, but it's time for the game show of the week, baby. I realize air fists in my room didn't actually make a noise. I can't with Byron. So welcome to <laughs> I Guess the Games Down in Africa Ooh. with Byron, Ooh. who is currently in South Africa. Ooh, yeah. So game rules. Byron guesses what game we are in one minute, similar to a dating show. So we are going to be mm, sort of selling ourselves to him as the perfect date. That's not what date. happens in dating <laughs> Basically, the producers uh, decided that I need to actually go on dates, so this was the only way. So the main rules are, you cannot mention the mechanics of the game or the pieces. Everything must be described as if you are a potential date for Byron, not as though you are a board game. So, so you must become the board game. And uh, we're going to time it. Byron has one minute per person. And the time left over, by the time he guesses, is how many points we're going to get. Yeah, like he's going to guess it. <laughs> uh, I've got my A game today. So we're going to get started okay. with Dima. Dima, you have to get yourself a date with a hot stud from South Africa. And you have to sell yourself in. Three, two, one, go. I love being outdoors. Mostly, I know. Yeah. Oh, mostly, <laughs> you did a weird face. I love going to churches. And um, I love, I love running by lakes um, all the way. <laughs> um, oh, I love taking Is this canoes down lakes. Yes! Yeah! <laughs> First of all, there's no lakes in Carcassonne. <laughs> what are those? Oh, rivers. Are they rivers? Yeah, rivers I love, it's an expansion. Oh, I love going to church. Uh, there is a lake in the rivers and lakes expansion. All right, Dima, that's 35 seconds left. So you get 35 points. Nice. And you could have done even better if you didn't stop to have a conversation with me. Because yeah. yeah. you made a weird face after I said yeah, I like Yeah, because you said, I love running in fields. That's <laughs> <laughs> I was like, face. oh, is anyone I not I ever know made that? It's coming. I'd make a weird face. All right. I'll go next. Three, two, one. I love going into the seedy underbelly of 18th century Victorian London. When I go there, I go through Rest the market. Lancashire. But unfortunately, I can only interact with things that are in my direction. It just, I can't get to the other it, side. In Her Majesty's service. Boom. <gasps> Wow. <laughs> wow, I am impressed. How many seconds left? Oh, yeah. 42. So. Bravo, Byron. Oh, wow. And bravo, Elias. You really killed it. Yeah. And Elias, amazing description. 
All right, Ifo, Byron, you're killing it, man. <laughs> That's why we're the best taboo partners. <laughs> That's right. Ifo will begin to seduce Byron. He doesn't have to try hard. In three, two, one. Byron, would it be wonderful to go together to a show? Where magic is in uh, on the air, right in the air. Magic oh, that's Strakarian. Oh! <laughs> magic in the air. Epo stealing it at fifty-one seconds. Congratulations, Epocrates. Can I do a slow clap for Epo? We can do it together. Let's go. <laughs> that's gonna sound so that's bad. bad. That's really bad. Okay, thank you. Congratulations to Byron. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I think what we've learned from this is Byron is amazing. At this. <laughs> because if you said the same things to me, I wouldn't find any. <laughs> <laughs> so Dima set a bar really high. I think. And then. And then you guys killed then, it. And then I set a bar super high. And then Ipo just killed it in one sentence. Yeah. Again, he's the undisputed king of guys, I guess the game is down and Guys, can I just point out that Ipo was rubbing his nipples when he was going out like magic? <laughs> And, and that's why it worked. It's my date move. <laughs> it's how I mate. Oh my god, so good. Uh, speaking of weird people rubbing their nipple. <laughs> you guys hear that music? <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> I noticed him rubbing his nipple. I didn't, but it was a nice joke. <laughs> Yes, he did. He was so convinced. <laughs> I did that, yeah. She's right. She's right. I did it, yeah. Oh, guys. He was going like that. <laughs> it's time for the Hippocratic Corner. Yay! Oh, oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> well, the secret cabal doesn't have any problem. <laughs> that you know about. <laughs> So guys, welcome to, go to this week's. Then I've had two warm-ups. True. <laughs> guys, welcome to. <laughs> 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 one more time, one more time. <laughs> guys, welcome to this week's top three Byron, games. Don't you look nice today? <laughs> this week's top three is the games that blew your mind. Wow! How do we come up with this, Ipo? Wow. Can you tell us what happened. Yeah, I had a great idea, and they told. <laughs> <laughs> And because I'm amazing, I did this great... Uh, well, one day I was sitting there rubbing my nipples and it occurred to me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh turned out that uh, these uh, BGG uh, bl uh, games that blew your mind uh, list was a success, it was a hit. And uh, one guy in BGG asked us to tell the stories behind these games. So I was thinking, okay, let's discuss this in our podcast. What do you think, guys? Well, we already made the list. So, yeah, yeah we agree. <laughs> no, I, I disagree. <laughs> okay, thanks for your opinion. But <laughs> We're doing it anyway. Thanks for being honest. But Greece wasn't always a democracy. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for being honest. And speaking about ancient civilizations, I was, <laughs> I was going to say that I should start this uh, uh, top three. Because you're the oldest? Because I, <laughs> because I feel my games are the oldest in this top three. Mm. The games... Um, your three games? Yes. Just three. 
Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Just three games. <laughs> and a half. <laughs> Uh, so I want to say that the first game that I remember blowing my mind was El Grande because this game was the first area control game I played I mean I don't expect any of you uh, having played uh, as first area control game El Grande and I still remember uh, looking at my friends and saying okay but there should be a fight okay I mean we're different factions okay we're uh, competing on uh, uh Spain, medieval Spain, and uh, there should be a war. Uh, there is a war. And they said, no, that's just we're just counting the meeples in each region and you're going to score points in the end. So it was amazing for me. It, that was uh, El Grande as my number three game that blew my mind. My number two game is again an old, is again an old game, like Puerto Rico. Okay, I think everybody has played Puerto Rico, so they know what's the amazing about the game. It's But when I first played it, I still remember that they said that, okay, we're going to pick a, 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 an action, and everybody is going to do that action. So everybody was thinking, okay, but then what's the difference? I pick an action and everybody's doing it. What's, what's the, the whole deal of the game? So it turns out that the sequence is so important in this game. That makes everything different. And of course, if you pick the action, the you're going to have a small benefit. And it turned out that this mechanism is so amazing. And now it was incorporated in Twilight Imperium 3. And uh, I guess from other And games. the whole card series, Race for the Galaxy, yeah. um, San Juan, Glory to Rome. This is all based on the same idea of picking a role or picking a, an action for, yeah. the, for the turn. So it was an amazing mechanism. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And my top uh, game here is Pandemic. It what? was the first game that I played as a co-op game. I see. Aww. So yeah. Okay. So imagine how is this? I mean, you sit down and uh, the guy's trying to say, okay, uh, we're gonna need to win the game. I mean, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny what is about this that concept? Is I bought a friend of mine, Joel. Uh, he's my he's my best friend. Um, from when I was a kid until now and like he's like my brother basically so I bought Joel I bought him Power Grid and I bought him Pandemic and I was trying to explain what the games were to him and he's like what do you mean I can't win at this game (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like we we can win together and he's like no no I don't want to win with you I want to beat you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah i would say if you're for the uninitiated it's a ridiculous idea yeah that you're playing against an inanimate object and you're probably gonna lose to it yeah <laughs> actually i think the, the the our idea till to that moment was that if i cannot beat you then it's not a game yeah so how is this a game i mean pandemic wasn't the first co-op game i believe that was i think it's lord of the rings from Werner Kinetia, but um or at least that was one of the earliest, but definitely probably one of the most popular uh, early co-op games was Pandemic. Yeah, guys, what was your first co-op? Or should I just... World, World War Z. Z. Oh. Yeah. Byron? I think it was one of those Cthulhu games. Really? It was not Pandemic? For us, World War Z, I wanted to buy Pandemic, and I couldn't find Pandemic. So I looked at it and I read the back and I was like, oh, this is basically Pandemic. 
Turns out it's pandemic with dice. Some genius is like, <laughs> wouldn't it be great if it was pandemic, but every time you want to take off a cube, you have to roll for combat. That was that was basically the. Uh, yeah. What, it did lead to some jumping up over the tables, high fiving when you roll the perfect thing at the end, which was the make or break moment. So I can't fault it for that, and it also drew me much more into board gaming. So uh, World War Z, I don't have it anymore, but it's definitely a good memory. Mine was Eldritchara. Eldritchara. I died. (laughs) (laughs) Here's my top three. In terms of just pure chaos and things that really excite me, number three falls down to Desire, Legends of a Drift System. I thought it was going to be Ipo rubbing his nipples. (laughs) Things that excite me. That's number one. That's that's number Exactly. When I first played Zaya, I had no idea what was going on, but I just knew the game was so cool. I could, I could pick up things. I could kill each other. Oh, <laughs> what what a, You haven't played any other rules? exploration game till, till that time. And basically, it's just it really opened my eyes to like the realm of possibilities of a sandbox game. And that, that's my number three. Nice. Number two goes to Paper Tales. Whoa. I loved how I was able to get these combos going while other people had different things going on. And I loved that it was quite a quick game. When we played it at Essen, I was like, yeah, this this one is one I need to find. It's a good game. My number one, though, a few people might say it's not really a board game, but it's a card game and it's Magic the Gathering. Yeah, I think that's yeah. fair. Yeah, that's pretty yes. fair. I was in college when I first played and I couldn't believe the kind of things you could do with pieces of paper. You will see the guys playing all these competitive decks, but when you just start out, it does that doesn't matter. You just have these little dudes attacking other people's little dudes and aha, you did something cool and, and interesting. Well, I'm going to stop that. Mm. It just had so much like interaction between player and yeah. player that it felt kind of chess-like at the same time, very overwhelming with the realm of possibility. I think that's a great pick. It pulls you up to a different level, especially, I mean, in 90s, where it first came out, was amazing. The level of depth was... And it's only gotten stronger in terms of sales. Hasbro, it's one of Hasbro's biggest money makers. I think it's still pretty mind-blowing. I think if anyone starts playing Magic the Gathering now, it's still a pretty fucking mind-blowing thing to start doing. So, yeah. 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 Great top three, Byron. Thank you. The best. My number three is Dominion. Um, I'd never seen anything like it. I was yeah. at a game night, and someone pulls out a huge black box, opens it up, and just starts playing the game and says, there's four rules in this game, A, B, C, and D. A... You can use actions on the cards. B, you can buy. C, you clean up. And D, you draw cards. And that's the whole game. (laughs) And I was like, what are you talking about? And I also didn't understand the idea of whether I used the cards from my hand or not. The whole hand was going, you know. So um, that I'd never seen before. Uh, I'd never seen a deck building game before. And then I buy something. Well, I spent this money. It's not gone. It's just going in my discard pile. and It's going to come back later. So the money just gets more and more and more. But then you build your deck full of rubbish 
which is what you do when you start playing Dominion. <laughs> you end up with a huge deck full of like estates and stuff. It's just like not estates, the the really the crappy ones. Uh, you end up with a huge <laughs> deck that's completely rubbish, and you realize why can't I get any of the cards that I wanted? And you're like, yeah, because I bought everything. <laughs> so uh, the first time you play Dominion, it's like it's like a rise and fall. You know, yeah. it's like, this is amazing. Why is nothing working? Because I suck at this game. I cannot wait to play it properly. And that's what happened when I played Dominion for the first time. And it was my introduction to deck building. So definitely Dominion blew my mind when I watched, when I played it. My number two is Pax Porfiriana. This game still blows my mind because when I tried to teach this game, there's always that one person, Basil, who says, uh, <laughs> let's just, let's just start. Let's just start. And when it came to Pax Friana, I kept telling him, listen, you might think you know where this, this is going, but it's not going where I'm telling where it's going. I promise you. So he'd be like, oh, let's start. Let's start. Then I would say what I was saying. And he'd be like, oh, that's not what I thought at all. Because this game is so, <laughs> I mean, the only thing it's like is the other Pax games and the Pax, the Pax series by Sierra Madre. It is just probably the most unique games. Uh, one of the music, and, and the point at which it blew my mind was straw man actions. So there's take that actions that you can do, which they're not really take that. They're more either affect the stock market or or fight or send troops or something. But you could do that against yourself because <laughs> you might want to gain outrage. So you, it's like it's like I hired a guy, I bought a card which was uh, an ally who was a US diplomat, okay? So now that's part of my tableau. And then I send someone to kill him, okay? But people are like, oh my God, they killed a U.S. diplomat. And all of a sudden, my faction gains all that outrage. My faction gains the benefit of it. So I might have only got that dude so that I could kill him, which is probably why you bought him, because if all you want is the outrage marker at the bottom, you're buying that guy, you're probably killing him, and then you've gained outrage. And it's just, it's so brilliant. It's like... You can. You don't have to rely on anyone attacking you. You don't have to rely on anyone having the things you need. You could build the things you need and destroy them to gain anarchy, military, outrage, loyalists, whatever it is that you need to make your bid for the dictatorship of Mexico. And it blew my mind. I had never seen anything, anything like that. You, you cannot attack yourself in Twilight Imperium. <laughs> You know what I'm trying to say? If you choose to 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 take down yeah. a building in a city building game or in something like Puerto Rico, you don't get anything for it. That's true. You're being you're you're choosing to say, "Oh, I made a mistake. I want to build something else here." And this game, I built the king. I fucked it up, and then I gained a point for it, and that was extraordinary to me. Yeah, that's awesome. It feels like you're cheating. <laughs> This game is so good that it deserves a new version, <laughs> right? I like my version. All right. And the number one game that blew my mind was Maria. So Maria has this thing where it's a three-player. Well, it says two to three, but it's a three-player only game. It's bullshit. Um, there's two maps on the board, okay? Um, there's the Flanders map and the Bohemia map, okay? So one person's playing the French, and one person's playing the uh, Austrians. The third player is playing on the Bohemian map. They're playing um, the uh, Prussians, who are direct enemies of the Austrians. 
But on the other map, the Flanders map, they're playing the pragmatic army who are allied with the Austrians. So when we play this game, for example, when we played it, I played with Ipo and Lena. Ipo, on one side of the map, was my mortal enemy. And on the other side, me and him were discussing how to fight Lena. So mm-hmm. you, you start teaching that game, and the person goes, excuse me, what? Sorry, like, I think you mistook what you said. I think you mean to say, I'm allied with the other player. And no, 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 no. You're allied with me here and my mortal enemy here. And I think it sounds like there's no way it would work. But it works perfectly. And in fact, Ipo won that game as that player, not knowing where to... But, but it, it, you won't be in two minds. You will act differently in one map and you'll act differently in the other map. And sometimes they'll interconnect when they, when they combine to each other. And you will still act in the best interest of that army because... That's just how the game plays out. And it's hard for me to explain this to people. The only way for you to do is to experience it. And I think when I told Ipo and Lena about it, they thought I was kidding. They thought it was something silly. But it really is. That player is completely schizophrenic. They're playing in one mind here and in another mind here. And it's really something Uh, special to experience. I believe the designer of Maria broke the problem he solved the problem of three-player games where if I, attack, if I attack you, the third player gets the benefit. And he solved the problem by mm. making this uh, amazing concept. That's, That's very, very true. true. <laughs> it stops the idea of, of two people uh, uh, also teaming up against one person. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it, it sounds like it wouldn't work, and yet it works flawlessly. Like we had some problems in the game, in terms of rules, and that was not part of it. It just worked perfectly, and we finished that game and thought, did that really, like, did that just happen? Like, there's yeah. a guy who's, who's, you can't really be mad because he's your ally, but also he's the reason you lost. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember you guys were talking about this Because he destroyed you after. and took all of Silesia from you. <laughs> and at the same time, you're like, really, I appreciate your help with friends. <laughs> <laughs> That was a very nice way to put it. <laughs> and that's my top three. Thank you, Elias. Let's go to Dima. Okay. So um, my number three was actually a really simple game, Lost Cities. It till Ooh. today blows my mind. I do not understand the strategy. <laughs> um, Elias has won uh, 99% of the games we've played together. Uh, I I still feel like it's a luck-based game because you have to draw a card every turn and make suits from different colors. But I uh, apparently there's strategy in it. I I don't see the strategy yet, but maybe one day I will. And so it uh, it till now blows my mind. <laughs> I still don't know the strategy in this game. I just want to say <laughs> that when I first met Lena. We were playing only that game, only Lost Cities. Yeah. And the score was like, she was beating me 46 to 20. Something <laughs> like that. Because, you know, I let her... Yeah, mm. yeah, of course I, you I did. Didn't. I know, you're such I, a good I guy. <laughs> <laughs> I still, like, inside me, I really, really believe that it's luck-based. But it just it doesn't turn out that way. I don't know. Anyways, so my number two is Tricarian. Um, <laughs> the way you perform the tricks in the game really impressed me. It's super simple, 
but it's it's such a well thought out mechanic like the links and stuff yeah like it's pretty cool you go to the market like it's a euro but i feel like it's it's one of the few euros that's actually thematic in the sense that you go to the market and then you buy the stuff you prepare for the trick you hire the staff and then when you do your show it's important which night of the week you pick but then also when you perform your trick like the tricks are like these diamond shaped pieces and then if you connect the edges that have these specific shapes drawn on them to other diamond pieces that have the same shape, like it means that you're doing like a combination of tricks and mm. there's like a flow and you get extra points for it. And Agreed. it means you have like a better show. And it's just, it's such a weird thing to come up with. Agreed. And I just, I was really impressed. I, I loved it. I think the point which that blew my mind was also realizing you don't even need to perform. You can just go onto other people's headlining show and you can still end up with the most prestige of yeah. anyone. Yeah. And um, mm. I really like that. And also one, one thing that is a bit mind-blowing in that game is the time aspect. So mm -hmm. yes. depending on who you send, you can only do a certain number of actions in the location and it combos up with the spot you're sitting on. Yep. That's a super cool mechanism for sure. So overall, yeah. like, I just, it impacted me. The first time we played that game, I really felt like it was different. Um, my number one. Uh, what, sorry, for yeah. the trick here. And I wanted to say it's a very good game. Uh, game and what uh, else is uh, mind-blowing with this game is the amount of space ne it needs on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Remember yeah, the last time actually, we couldn't play it because we didn't have <laughs> I was space? just going to say that. Yeah, we couldn't bring it out. Just There wasn't enough space <laughs> on the table for two games. Um, if one of them was Trickarian. So my number one is actually Kanban Automotive Revolution. Oh. Guys, like, I know after our first gameplay, um, we, we basically never brought it back out. This was the first rule book ever that Elias asked me to go through with him. That's how difficult it was to get through like he's read gmt rule books by himself but this one he needed help with by the end of it i couldn't believe how much like stuff was in the game in the sense that like they took everything they could take from a real assembly line and then they fit it into this game so so from designing building testing training meetings promotions there was so much going on and um, even though the explanation and the turn cycles was confusing, I was really blown away by how much I felt like I was struggling as an employee, trying to do well at my job and trying to do <laughs> trainings and just trying to be like competitive and expert in all different areas of my job. And then when I would finally test the design, it would feel so, so good to see that car just finally <laughs> finish the track. And then I could place like... I also It also blew my mind that there was a game that took longer to teach than to play. <laughs> <laughs> I just, every time I think of Kanban, I have fond memories of, fond memories of playing the game. Not, so, not the explanation, just the playing. Well, there's a new edition coming out, and one thing is it looks amazing. The other thing is I like Stronghold games. I, f I feel like they have a good eye for games. The, a lot of good choices of games always come mm. from Stronghold. I also think they're terrible with rule books. Like I had a really mm -hmm. hard time with Panamax. 
with Kanban and so on. Um, so this new publication is the team of, you know, the designer Vitella Cerda, the graphic designer Ian O'Toole, and I think graphic design could really help this game if it was done on the board yeah. well. It could really make this game yeah. move fast, like well. And it's also Queen Games, uh, sorry, Eagle Griffin Games, who've done these deluxe Vitella Lacerda games. And I think if they can nail the rulebook, and I'm sure Ian Atul, who's amazing, can nail the graphic design, I think this new edition has a chance of like making a making a, a run for my collection again. But uh, <laughs> just because yeah. we do love the game, all yeah. of us, I don't think yeah. any of us a, don't yeah, think no, it's a great it's a game. game. It's just such a dick to teach. Like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I just teach to remember how to play, like sort of like when Ifo was talking about Cerebria. It's just, it's hard to bring a game out when you have to really scratch your head. And I don't head. mind teaching a two-hour game if I play yeah. it for six to eight hours. I do mind teaching a two-hour game that takes one hour to play. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't feel like a useful, it's not useful. It's a fuck, man. <laughs> and that's my top three. <laughs> Thank you, I love that game. <laughs> Thank you guys for all your top threes. Uh, you listeners, please let us know what your top three is. In uh, games that blew my mind, BGG list, or in our Twitter account in uh, at TT Sessions QA, or over at our BGG Guild. All these links will be in the episode description. Thank you so much for that brilliant, brilliant uh, Hippocratic corner, Hippocrates. <laughs> I, I don't know how you thought of it. Uh, <laughs> that brings us to the end of this tabletop session. Thank you so much for listening. Please check out our very active Instagram account at Tabletop Sessions. You can reach us through Twitter at TT Sessions QA or join the conversation over at our Board Game Geek Guild. And you can find the link to all of these in the episode description, as well as the link to Hippocrates' geek list on BGG, which talked about uh, games that blow our mind. It's like four or five pages. It's got tons of, how many pages is it at now? It's a lot of pages, no? Great, we're well prepared. Four. Four pages. A lot of people contributed. <laughs> it's just, it was, it was... It's just the random number. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, guys. Please rate us on iTunes or on the Apple Podcasts or rate us through your Android podcast app of choice. We'll be back in three weeks. And until then, to quote one of my favorite writers, God damn it, you've got to be kind. Say bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye-bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye-bye. Bye bye. Table top, table top, table top top. Table top, table top, table top top. Table table top, table table top. Table table top, table top top. Table top, table top, table top top. Table, table top, table, table top, table, table top, top. Session.